Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, last passage of Scripture. Old Testament, Isaiah 26 and 3. This is prophecy that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. If you keep your mind stayed on the Lord, you will have perfect peace. It's, it's biblical. It's written. It's a promise unto you. you. You trust in the Lord forever because the Lord is the everlasting strength in your life. He is more powerful than any situation that you face. He is stronger than any devil that would come against you. He is stronger than any sickness that would come against you. If you keep your mind right, you will have perfect peace. I want to preach this morning on the power of a changed mind. The power of a changed mind. Let's raise our hands. Let's ask God to move. I feel him right now. Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would move in this sanctuary this morning. God, I ask, Lord, that as you are already resting over us right now, I pray that you would move to and fro throughout the pews. Touch our minds today, God. Bless our hearts. Bless our spirits. Touch every backslider in this room. Touch every person that is sick. Touch every lost soul. Touch the saints in here, God. And I'm going to give you praise and honor. Let the anointing of heaven rest over this place. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody clap your hands and let's shout with a voice of expectation let's shout with a voice that God is going to move in this place he is already doing something let's just entertain it for just a second let's just worship him for who he is hallelujah Jesus thank you you may be seated in the presence of the Lord Amen. Does anybody feel the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. My, my, the God, God is in this place this morning. Amen. We hear about this all the time. We see it in our world quite often, frankly. Someone has determined in their mind to do something, and then right at the last second, they change their mind, and they don't do it anymore. 
They had their heart set on something. I'm going to do this. This is something I'm going to do. I have my mind set on it. And then right before they do it, something changes. And they change their mind. We've had that quite possibly happen to us. Or we've seen that happen to somebody else. Sometimes that change of mind is for the good. And sometimes it's not so good that they changed their mind on whatever it was. Quick story, whenever I was in the eighth grade, I wanted to play football because I was going into high school and I thought that I could get on, that if I could get on the football team, that I would be one of the popular kids in my class. If I could get on the football team, I'd have that access to be at the cool kid table. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be just one of the bros, you know, I, I, I would be one of the cool kids. So I wanted to play football in high school, and so at the end of my eighth grade year, we had spring training. And I went, and the first day, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I got kind of bruised up. My arms kind of got sliced up a, a little bit. Somebody's cleat stepped on my arm. I hit them, hit, hit the ground, and but it's football. So that was to be expected. And I thought that since I got the bruises that I was cool. I thought since I, you know, I took a lick and I kept on ticking. You know, I, 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 I was cool. I, everything was good. And I thought I was doing something right. But when my mom came and picked me up, she had a different mindset about it. I had to beg my mom to let me go to practice on the next day, I said, Mom, I, I, it's going to be okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to do this. It, it, it's going to be all right. Just, just, just please let me keep going to practice. And so I convinced her, and then day two came, and I was playing wide receiver on a drill. And I run down the field. Quarterback throws me the ball. The ball's up in the air. All of a sudden, I find myself jumping in the air to catch the ball only to look down to see another pair of shoulder pads about to spear me in my ribs. Needless to say, when I hit the ground, my entire mindset changed about me playing football. Because I realized that I was in a place I had no business being at. I was thinking I could be a part of something that wasn't in the plan of God for my life. It takes changing your mind about some things and letting go of your desire to be one of the popular ones and letting go of your ego and letting go of your pride for you to remove yourself from some pains that you have no business enduring in the first place. I know I couldn't play football. I knew I couldn't play football. I knew my 110-pound self soaking wet had no business being in a helmet and shoulder pads. That's not what I was created to do. My physical stature did not measure up to the task that I was trying to do. And how many times do we put ourselves in situations where we know God isn't calling us to act that way and we know God isn't calling us to go to that place and yet we find ourselves there anyhow. But if we could change our minds about some things and if we could get ourselves out of our own will and put ourselves back in His will, God can spare you a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of regret and a whole lot of failures. If you would just get out of your own will and get out of your own plan and get into God's will, you won't have to endure some of the pains that you're having to endure right now.
You need a mind change. I'm reminded of the prodigal son. The Bible says that when he came to himself, that means that when he got it straight in his mind that this is ridiculous. I thought I wanted my fortune. I thought I wanted my own freedom. I thought I wanted to be my own boss. But now that I understand that when I walk away from the Father, all I end up with is a nasty situation. So I have changed my mind about this thing. I have come to myself and I'm going to go back to my father. And the Bible says that the father embraced him once again. You've heard it a thousand times, but I'm going to say it one more time. It doesn't matter how far you've gone away from the father. It doesn't matter if you've spent everything you had on sin and the pleasures of this world. If you would understand the power of your changed mind and get back up one more time, the father will run to you and give you the purpose you have been longing for. He won't focus on your failures. He won't look at your mistakes, but he'll step off his throne. He'll come down from heaven just for you. He'll come down from heaven to meet you at an altar, to give you a new life, to give you a new outcome, to give you a new purpose. If you would just make it up in your mind that this is ridiculous, I'm going to go back to the Father. You have the power to change your story. If you would just take that leap of faith, God will catch you. I'm reminded of the lepers at the gate. They had a change of mindset. You read it in your Bible. There was a group of lepers that was sitting outside of the city. And they said, if we sit here, we will surely die. Nothing is going to change if I sit here. But if we can muster up the strength... Just to get to Jesus, I know something is going to happen to us. We heard all of the testimonies last week whenever Pastor Beard preached. He walked around, passed the mic around. Once you get the determination in your mind that you're going to get to Jesus, nothing can stop you. You can have leprosy and it won't stop you. You can be on the verge of suicide and it won't stop you. You can have an alcohol addiction and it can't stop you. Because when you have made up your mind that you're tired of living how you're living and you understand that as long as you stay where you're sitting, you're going to die in that situation. But if you can muster up the strength to get to where Jesus is, everything can change in your life. Why don't somebody start making their way to the Savior? Somebody needs to just take that step this morning. If we sit on this pew, we're going to die on this pew. But if I can get up from this pew, and if I can take my steps to Jesus, I know everything in my life can change. If I can just muster up the strength one more time to get up out of my seat and get out of my pew and get out of my comfort zone, everything can change in my life. Everything changes. Everything. Nothing stays the same when you're in the presence of God. Nothing stays the same. Everything starts to shake. Everything starts to quiver. The demons start to run and free and flee when you're in the presence of an almighty God. 
Hallelujah. I feel him right now. Does anybody feel him in, that, in the sanctuary? He's here. When the praises go up, his glory comes down. And when the glory comes down, nothing stays the same. Romans 8 and 6 Romans 8 and 6 for to be carnally minded is death uh oh but to be spiritually minded is life and peace it's scary to be consumed with flesh there's only one objective for your flesh and that is to satisfy sin We were born into sin. We are consumed by something that only desires to be filled with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That is what our flesh desires. The flesh will do anything to destroy your walk with God. This flesh will take you down a path that leads to death and hellfire for all eternity. You see, nobody likes to preach on hell anymore. But let me just remind everyone in this place this morning that it's more real today than it has ever been. The Bible says, the Bible says that hell hath enlarged its mouth to consume the world. And if we don't get our minds off the carnal things of this world, we have a one-way ticket to spend eternity there. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many want the peace of God today? Come on, how many really want how many really want the life that only God can give you? How many really want the peace when you lay down at bed tonight? You can just have all the peace in the world and you know that God has everything under control. God has his hands over you and your family. That's the peace you can get today. Today, Jesus spoke to me the other day in prayer and he said, The true power of a changed mind is the ability to refuse what you desire. Your flesh desires sin. Any and all types of sin it can get his hands on, that's what your flesh wants. But you have the power this morning to refuse that sin. If you have the Holy Ghost, the power to refuse that sin is already inside of you. Sometimes you just got to pull it out. Sometimes you can forget that you have the authority to tell the devil no. He has to listen to you. Do you remember that? He has to listen to you. Why? Because you got more power than he'll ever have. Listen to me this morning. You are in control because if you have the Holy Ghost, you have more power than hell could ever possess. It starts with a mind change. And I'll say something else this morning. We better be very careful that we don't allow the flesh to begin what is dictate to begin to dictate what is preached behind this pulpit. We better be very careful that we don't start letting the flesh choose our songs that we worship to. We better be very careful that we don't let our flesh dictate whether we need God or not because you'll never need God if you rely on your flesh. Can I tell you something this morning that the flesh can produce great songs. The flesh can produce great sermons. The flesh can produce great talents and abilities. But the spirit can produce things that are greater than anything that this flesh can produce. We have plenty of churches and plenty of people who are talented. They know how to sing. They know how to play instruments. They know how to attract the crowd. But the anointing is nowhere to be found. 
People leave those churches saying, wow, that was an amazing service. They sang so well. The preacher said all the right words. He made me feel good. I loved all the lights. I loved the smoke. I loved the media. I loved everything about it. It was a great experience. But they go back home still sick, still hurting, still pain, still lost, and still going to hell. But when someone steps into a church where the Holy Ghost dwells, we might not sing everything perfectly on key. We might not hit all the right notes. We might not preach a perfect sermon. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can reach the throne room of God and we can see somebody's life be changed. I'll tell you what we can do. We can see a miracle happen. We can see somebody leave healed that the doctor said you can't be healed. Hallelujah. I feel him, y'all. I'm telling you. He's here today. You can be changed this morning. You can be changed this morning. Mm. 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 We might not sing everything on key, but we can touch God. We might not hit all the right notes. We might not preach all the perfect words. We might not preach what's popular, but a miracle can happen in this place this morning. Mm. While you are in sin and you are enjoying sin and you don't think that anything is wrong with it, God cannot deliver you because you are set in your ways. I know that's hard preaching. But you aren't looking for a change. You aren't looking for a deliverance. The Bible says, for a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But the moment that you decide that you want to change, and the moment that you decide that you are wanting another way to live, and you are wanting a change of scenery, there aren't enough chains of sin that can prevent you from getting your deliverance. You might have a legion of devils on you. You might have all kinds of alcohol, drugs, whatever kind of addictions on you, whatever it may be. But if you would make it up in your mind that you want to be changed, God can step in and take that mess out of you faster than anything that this world can give you to take it out of you. Hey, this is the real deal, honey. And if you don't believe me, why don't you give it a shot and see if it won't totally change your life and change your mind about some things. Does anybody believe the Holy Ghost is real? Can I get a witness that he changed your mind and he changed everything about you and he changed your life? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) The moment that you are convicted of your sins, you have hope in Jesus. The moment that you feel conviction, you have a hope in Jesus. And let me help... Somebody right here, don't take conviction as a punishment or a death sentence. It's the mercy of God reaching out to you and letting you know that you have gone down a road that wasn't healthy. But when you are convicted, it's not God kicking you out of his presence, but it's him inviting you into his presence. He's not kicking you out of the kingdom. He's inviting you into the kingdom. He's inviting you to come to the throne and say, I'm here to repent of my sins. And God is ready to forgive you of your sins. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the mercy of God who loved me enough when I was lost and a sinner on my way to hell to come down where he was and pick me up.
and set me free. But the caveat remains the same. If your mind is not convinced, if there's no expectation in your spirit, you will not experience the miracle. It takes a mindset change and then an action. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. I got to change my mind first. I got to deny myself. Flesh, I ain't living this. Flesh, you're wrong. Mind, you're wrong. I need to change my mind about some things. This is not what the way I need to live. This is not the lifestyle I need to have. I'm denying myself right now from going down that path any longer. But then after I deny myself, I have to pick up a cross. There's an action that must be taking place. Once you change your mind, you have to do something. And how do you do that? It takes you making the decision to take up the cross and walk with him. This is all mental. It's a mental battle. The devil knows that if he can convince you that there's no use and that there's no point, you will never experience the miracle for yourself. Oh yeah, you believe that God can heal your neighbor. You believe that God can help a guest or a backslider in this house this morning. But when it comes to you, you allow the enemy to convince you that you can't do it for you. I've come to tell the devil that he is a liar. I've come to remind you that God is not a respecter of persons. I don't care, and he doesn't care. If you're the worst sinner in the world or the best saint in the world, if you need a deliverance, if you are in need of peace, God is able to get you, give you that this morning. I'll say it like this. You can't afford to go home again today with the same issue you walk in here with every Sunday and Wednesday. You can't afford to leave out of those doors again today with the same problem you've been facing for weeks and months and years. If you got up and if you got dressed to come here and you burned that high dollar gas to come to this church, you might as well just get into the presence of God and you might as well let God heal you, heal your mind and heal your body and touch your family and touch your finances and touch your situation. You've already given a sacrifice to be here so you might as well let God do something in your life hallelujah mm, being blessed is a choice oh, be, oh being blessed is a choice let me teach right here for a second since we're in Sunday school your attitude is a choice you were created to have something called free will. You are someone who has the power to decide if you're going to do something or not. You have the will to decide what you're going to do. How you're going to think, how you're going to act, how you're going to respond to somebody when they talk to you in a wrong way, how you're going to respond to a situation in your life. You have the will to decide what you're going to do. Through the power of your free will. You decide whether, whether you worship or not in service. 
And, and, and some of us decide to worship on a service, and some of us don't. That's just the truth of the matter. We see it every Sunday. Some people stand, some people don't stand. Some people clap, some people don't clap. It's because you've made a decision in your life to do one or the other. Some people just cannot be moved. You think you can handle everything by yourself, and that's okay, but it's really not okay. You think you're strong enough to face every giant alone in your life. You think you can face every problem by yourself in this life. But can I tell you today that there are just some things you cannot do by yourself? You need the church. You need the worship of the body of Christ. You need the preached word of God. You need somebody praying with you in the altar. You need somebody calling you. You need somebody checking up on you. You need somebody encouraging you. You need a friend group. You need an accountability partner. We quote, we quote Psalm 118 and 24 wrong all the time. And we all know it. This is the day which the Lord hath made. I will, I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, we preach that. We, I will rejoice and be glad. But that's not what it says. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Not I will. We will. We're going to rejoice in it. It's not I will. You know what that means? It means that you're not by yourself in this thing. Oh, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. It means you're not alone in this fight. It means you're not alone in this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. But I'm not in this day by myself. I got people in my corner who wants to help me succeed. And we will rejoice and be glad in what God is going to do in this day. Come on, somebody needs to rejoice right now. Somebody needs to rejoice in a miracle taking place, in a healing taking place. God is here, and he's here to set somebody free. Come on, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're the body of Christ. We're going to clap. We're going to shout. (laughs) David said in this verse, I'm not by myself, but I have a group of people who want to worship God the same way I do. I have a church. I have a body of Christ who wants to rejoice and see the Lord pour out his spirit. So we will make the collective decision this morning that this day, this day regardless of what's going on in my life, this day regardless of what problem I'm facing, this day regardless of how sick I feel, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It may be tougher on some of us. Some of you might not have as much strength as your neighbor does this morning. But if we could agree together that we're going to change our minds 
and declare that whatever may come against me, I'm going to rejoice anyway. We as a church are going to see revival regardless of what's happening outside of these walls. We're going to make the decision through our free will that revival is going to start with me. When you get in one mind and in one accord, the Holy Ghost falls. It's biblical. If you want to use your, if you use your power to change your mind about your circumstance, about your problem, and you set your mind towards the Holy Ghost, and if you declare your faith for a miracle, the Bible says that the Spirit will fall over your life. And I feel the Spirit right now. Come on, I feel His power right now. I believe that anything is possible in this sanctuary this morning. I believe somebody's mind can be cleared right now. I believe somebody can walk out of this church with peace that surpasses all understanding. You won't be able to understand how you have so much peace in the middle of a storm. If you would lift up your hands right now, God will fall on you where you are. Nothing's too hard for Jesus. Nothing's too hard for Jesus. Mm. Hear me, nothing's too hard for your God this morning. Ah, you could be fighting sickness right now. You lift your hands, God will heal you right now. Mm. 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 You could be fighting a battle in your mind. You lift your hands, God will deliver you right now. You don't have to come to the front. God's moving to and fro in this sanctuary right now. God, I touch you where you're standing right now. Mm. There's no designated spot for God to heal you. Hallelujah. God can touch you where you are right now. You got to change your mind about some things. Nothing's too hard for Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry. There are two instances, there are two instances where God asks a very important question in the Bible. They are found in the book of Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14 and Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 27. He asks the same question in both passages. Genesis 18 and 14, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah's an old woman. Can't have a child, no way. Physically, in her body, she is not physically able to bear a, a, a son. Not physically able. And God comes down in the middle of her despair, in the middle of her doubt, and says, is there anything too hard for me? First instance. Here's the second instance. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. That means he rules over your flesh. He can take control of any fleshly desire. You got to keep that in your mind. Because whenever you go out there on Monday and when the flesh starts getting attacked and when you start getting tempted and when stuff starts happening on your job and in your family, let, always remember that God is the God of your flesh. He is so much stronger than the flesh. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We understand that nothing is too hard for God. 
We preach about it. We shout about it. We sing about it. We run the aisles because of it. You don't have to tell us that God can do anything. We know God can do anything. You don't have to tell CPC that nothing is too hard for the God that we serve. But why is it then that even though we know nothing's too hard for God, we find ourselves stuck in situations that we can't seem to get out of? You come to church, you clap, you sing, you might even preach and you play an instrument and you dance and you wear your best clothes and your hair is fixed up just right and yet you are stuck in a situation that you cannot get yourself out of. You smile and you shake hands and you hug people and you pray for people at the altars and yet you are stuck. It's like that old commercial where the woman says, Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Help me, I've, I've fallen, I, I can't get up. I changed churches and I can't get up. I changed spouses and I can't get up. I changed jobs and I can't get up. I changed my major and I can't get up. I changed my hairstyle and I can't get up. I changed the way I dress and I can't get up. It doesn't matter what I got on. If I, it could even, I can't even have a mindset change. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I behave. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm stuck and I can't get up. It's because you're battling inner spirits with outside weapons. But if you could ever have a change in your mind that I'm not going to die in my dilemma. I'm not going to sit here until I perish. But I'm going to make my way back to the Father's house. Sometimes you just got to let some boldness rise up out of your spirit. Sometimes you just can't be shy. Sometimes you got to drop the humility. Sometimes you got to drop everything and say, I'm not just going to sit here, but I'm going to make my way back to the throne room of grace. I could imagine those lepers who have been kicked out of the city, people calling them unclean, people telling them, you are not allowed in here anymore, but yet they mustered up the strength, Brother T, to get up and walk back into the place that the people kicked them out of, and they walked back to where Jesus was and said, Jesus... These people are yelling at me to leave. These people are telling me there's no hope for me. There's people telling me that I am just going to die where I am. But I know that since I'm in your presence, I know you can set me free. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody today? That's the power of a changed mind. It gives you the authority and the ability to be transformed. When you change your mind about your circumstance, hell begins to tremble. Because there is nothing that can stop a child of God when they begin to understand that God is fighting alongside of you and there's a table prepared for you in the very presence of your enemies. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. You can look at the world's accomplishments and understand that people have different mindsets on things. I'm sure whenever someone had the idea to build a spaceship, that was going to go up to space and go bring the first man to the moon, you had somebody say, oh, yeah, we can do it. We can build this thing. We can, we can accomplish it. I know we can do it. We got smart people at NASA. We can do this. We can build it. I know we can accomplish this task. And then you had somebody say, how in the world is that going to happen? You can't possibly believe that a man can reach the moon. And even if he reaches the moon, what are you going to do then when he's in the moon, when he's on the moon? 
What are you going to do then? There's no oxygen on the moon. There's nothing on the moon. Why would you even go there? Why would you even try to do that? Just a big old genuine negative Nancy. And we've all had people like that in our lives. Nothing is ever going to work out. Nothing is ever possible. It's, if it's one step out of the ordinary, it's not going to happen. We see this thing all around our world, just negativity and hopelessness. But Jesus proposed the question, is there anything too hard for me? And if you've been in this church the past 10 years, you should understand that nothing is too hard for the God that you serve. It's time to drop the negativity. It's time to drop the skepticism and say, God, whatever you're wanting to do in this church, whatever you're wanting to do in this community, God, let me be a part of it. We got a harvest out there that needs all hands on deck. We got enough people in this community to fill this entire church. But it won't happen until you understand the power of a changed mind. You got to get out of the ordinary. You got to get out of the comfortable. And you got to get your face in the carpet and start building you an altar in your homes and start getting your mind renewed in the Holy Ghost every day. I'm almost finished. In the Old Testament, there's a tabernacle plant. Big long passage of the Old Testament is nothing but the tabernacle, the furniture. What, where, it's, where the furniture is going to be placed, the size of the furniture, the, 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 the proper order of the tabernacle, the way things have to go. God instructs Moses to build a tabernacle where he can dwell with his people. We see this in the Old Testament, and I don't have time to get into the entire study of the construction of the tabernacle and each piece of the furniture because that could take weeks and months if you dig enough into it. But as I was studying this out this past week, God directed my attention to the five pillars of acacia wood that separated the outer court from the holy place. It was the doorway that entered you into the holy place from the outer court. There was five pillars there, and it was there. And you see... The outer court was a place of sacrifice. The outer court had the brazen altar. It had the laver of water. It had the opening. It had the entrance gate. You would walk in and you would give God praise and honor and glory and magnify his name. You see the brazen altar with fire and the horns on the altar. You sacrificed there. there was, the outer court was a place of sacrifice. It was a place where things had to die. It was a place where blood had to be shed. And then after you sacrificed, you... you you are at the laver of water, and the priests would wash themselves clean from the blood on them because nothing impure could enter into the holy place. Then when they wash themselves with the laver of water, they find the five pillars of acacia wood, and they, and they see the five pillars there, and they understand that what they're about to walk into is not a place of sacrifice any longer, but it's a place of worship. It's a place of worship. Before you can step into the holy place, sin must be dealt with. Before you can feel the full presence and the power of God, there must be a stop at the altar. But there's a different mindset past the five pillars of acacia wood. There's a change in the atmosphere when you go from the outer court and you step inside of the holy place. The altar of incense was there, and that was a place of worship. And the table of shoe bread was there, and that was a place of worship. And everything inside of the holy place turned from sacrifice to worship. Did you know that your worship is a sweet fragrance in the nostrils of God? 
When you step into the holy place, there must be acts of worship. You can't be in the holy place and not worship him for his goodness. You don't deserve to be in his presence. We don't deserve to be here, but because of his mercy, we have access to commune with him. When you are forgiven of your sins, you best believe you have a right and a reason to worship him. I can't stay stuck on the lies from the enemy that I'm nothing but a no good sinner because Jesus has forgiven me of things that I should not have been forgiven for. And Jesus has forgiven me of things that I should be dead for. Is anybody still awake in here? I have no merit to walk into the holy place of this sanctuary, but because of a place called Calvary I have the freedom and the ability to repent of my sins and watch God fill me with his spirit and give me a joy that is not of this world I have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions there is nothing that can take away what God has done for me let's all stand uh, come on you've made your sacrifice now it's time to worship him. You made a sacrifice. You've sacrificed to be here today. You've made, you, you've made a sacrifice in your mind to convince yourself to come to church. Some of you didn't want to come to church this morning. Some of you didn't want to come here. Some of you don't feel like worshiping God. Some of you have been put through the ringer, but you've made the sacrifice to step foot into a holy place like this this morning. You've made the sacrifice. Now you just need to worship Him. This isn't a place where your flesh can dwell. What you feel in this place is, this morning is something your flesh cannot comprehend. So you got to get out of your flesh and get into the Spirit. You cannot be the man that you were created to be and the man you used to be at the same time. It's a mindset change. It's the power to change your mind. You got to have the power to change your mind. You cannot be the woman you were called to be and the woman you used to be at the same time. You got to make a decision. You got to make a choice. Am I going to die on this pew or if I'm going to make my way from this pew and let God deliver me and set me free? If I sit here, I'm going to die. In my dilemma. If I sit here, I'm going to die in my sickness. If I sit here, I'm going to die in my problem. But if I could just muster up the strength to get to Jesus one more time. If I can sit, get up from this gate. If I can get up from this place of pain and suffering and remorse and, and, and despair and shame. If I can find the strength in me to get up one more time and make my way through the gate and make my way back to the altar and make my way back to Jesus I know that he can set me free I know he can but the spirit and the devil cannot coexist in the same temple Jesus said that you're either hot or you're cold if you try to mix the two together, you're lukewarm and I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I will have nothing to do with you. God, help us not to be lukewarm. God, help us to understand the power of a changed mind. I believe I'm preaching to some people today who want to change their mind on a few things.
I felt it all week. I felt it this morning. You feel it right now. God is pulling you right now to, to change your mind about the way that you've been living on some things. To change your mind about your, out, about your outlook on some, on some problems in your life. Change your mind on some ways that you see things happening in your life. Because the devil will try to feed you a lie and tell you that it's hopeless. And tell you that it's not going to work out. And tell you that you're going to die in that sickness. And you're going to die in that problem. And you're always going to be bankrupt. And you're always going to be broke and you're always going to have family problems and you're always going to have situations that God cannot set you free from. The devil would love to feed you that lie this morning but God has come to say if you would muster up the strength to come to this altar right now if you would muster up the strength and the boldness and the and, and the willingness to step out of your pew right now and come to this altar I will set you free. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.